Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar. May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you. And we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, let's 
up, everybody? Deer season's over. Time to get pumped up about turkeys. Jacob Myers, what's up, man? Oh, man, just getting excited. Getting super excited for NWTF coming up this weekend. Uh, really, bit, well, this week. But, uh, yeah, getting pumped up for that. And then after that, man, it's only a matter of time before Alabama's opening season kicks off for yeah. turkey. So, I'm March, jacked up. March 16th this year. Oh, 16th. Oh, man, I'm glad that I didn't come down on the 15th. Yeah, they changed it. So the reasoning behind the the change of the turkey season is so now it opens on like the like third Saturday of every March or something like that. Or yeah, I guess it'd be the third. But so they they made it to where it always opens on a Saturday now. So it doesn't open on like a Tuesday or something like bow season does. Mm-hmm. Actually, bow season this year opened on a Monday, which was inconvenient. But uh, that's ingenious. It's ingenious. When it's you ingenious. Take off work. Yeah, man. Take off work. You got it all to yourself. Yep. Yep. Anyway, let's kind of jump straight into this. Uh, maybe a little quick update on what you had going on, and then uh, let's kind of break down um, this week's episode. Uh, what I've had going on is not a whole lot. I mean, hunted. It's, I've been so busy, I haven't been able to hunt much. But I was able to get out one more time. Uh, didn't have any luck. But uh, I kind of went out just as a relax, like relaxing session where I was just going out there to enjoy like the last day of hunting. I was like, I don't really care if I kill something, but it'd be nice if I do. But it's time to like sit back and reflect and think about everything this deer season was, which our fall was pretty awesome. I mean, you had the best year you've ever had as far as deer hunting goes. And we had all kinds of adventures we went on from Georgia to all around Tennessee and Alabama, hunting all kinds of new places with new people. We had a great time. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I, again, I haven't been out in the woods in, in quite a while. We did a little scouting trip, um, what was it, yesterday. Uh, it was on Saturday uh, with Steve Angel from uh, the Traditional Outdoors, and uh, Simply Traditional. Uh, so that was a fun time. I uh, got to go up in the mountains of uh, North Georgia and, Found a ton of turkey sign. I was super excited about that and found a some shed antler or shed antler and a, a really good buck bed and uh, just some really good spots for next season. Uh, so that that's super exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. You sound you sound all like monotoned and kind of tired right now. But earlier when you called me and told me about that, you were like pumped up. Yeah. You're, well, I mean, I, you're I talking about all that deer sign. You're like, oh my god, dude! You'll ne- you'll never believe what I found, dude! I found a mother load of turkeys. I found oh, this yeah, huge. No. I found this huge shed, man. No, yeah, no, not a huge shed. Easy there, easy there. You're uh, you're kind of pumping up the story a little bit too much. But no, uh, just didn't want to waste everybody's time too much before we get into the main part of this episode. But yeah, it was an awesome scouting trip. I mean, found a absolute ton of turkey sign. It was ridiculous. And if anybody asked me where I hunt or where we were scouting, I will not tell you. So don't try. <laughs> yeah. D- don't message me asking me for tips because. Uh, Steve took me to a honey hole, and I cannot talk about it, so sorry. Uh, but no, dude, found a ton of turkey sign, uh, found a lot of deer sign after we kind of started getting off the beaten path, um, and dude, those, we weren't really in the mountains, per se, but we were definitely in, I mean, compared to where we hunt, it was mountains, and it was a rough hiking. Uh, I think we covered, probably, it was like right around five miles, but dude, that was like all day hiking, and it was rough. But uh, five miles. Dude, it really was. Yeah, it's like doing five miles then and then hunting with uh, Jordan Barnes in uh, South Georgia for turkeys and covering 14 miles in one day. 
those five miles was about as harder harder than those 14. Yeah, um, those 14 were on pretty flat ground, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were just chasing turkeys the whole time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. But, dude, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the turkey sign was ridiculous. There were so many scratchings. I actually found a little bit of hog sign as well um, on another track, which was kind of cool. And uh, anyways, dude, it was just, it was cool. It was it was really nice seeing some terrain that I have not previously had experience hunting in. Um, I even told Steve while we were out there that you know I'm super green to a lot of this, and you know especially hunting you know more mountainous terrain. Um, yeah, topo features are a lot bigger, but also the deer numbers are a little bit lower, and then also. Um, there's bears up there. So we, we, we started talking about bear hunting quite a bit while we were up there, uh, kind of looking for, you know, some bear sign, which it was, you know, relatively warm that day. It was in the mid forties. Um, which actually previously to that a couple of days before it was like 85 degrees, but, uh, it, dude, it just got me excited for next season. I, I really want to go out there and shoot a bear. Um, uh, me and Steve went to a couple spots where he's had bear encounters and actually shot at one bear this year and hit a tree and then shot another bear, and it actually tumbled off the side of a mountain uh, into um, into the Great Abyss, and he was not able to locate that locate that bear, unfortunately. Yeah, it fell um, in the water, right? Yeah, and you just went downstream, and he just couldn't recover it, unfortunately. Uh, high waters just kind of washed the bear down. Um, that sucks. But, yeah, it did. It did. But, dude, it was just awesome being out there. Again, seeing terrain that I haven't really, you know, hunted in the past. Um a lot of those oak, or a lot of those these hardwood ridges, dude, were so open. I mean, I mean, with a rifle, if you wanted to take a shot at three hundred yards, you could feasibly, f- physically, be able to do that, uh, which was kind of crazy. But uh, anyways, dude, it was it was a fun time. Um, but again, people probably didn't <laughs> tune in for us to just ramble on about this. Let's kind of talk about uh, what we got going on for this week's episode with uh, Jacob Emery. Yeah, man. So we interviewed him uh, about kind of this past season, and he killed a really nice buck in Tennessee on LBL, right? Yeah. So Jacob is part of the um, the Hunting Ground uh, crew from YouTube, which is an online TV show, guys. Which you ought to check out. They do a really good production uh, with their stuff, um, and also a lot of you guys will probably know of Jacob from a video he had go viral. In early 2018, into um, 2017, uh, beginning of 2018, we kind of talk about that video. Um, it, it's it's pretty funny, but uh, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of that. But uh, yeah, Jacob's a great guy, uh, really really good hunter, and dude just had a tremendous year. Killed a phenomenal buck in in uh, Kentucky. That's where he's you know he's from Kentucky, northern Kentucky. Killed a tremendous buck up there. Uh, during rifle season, and then came down to Tennessee to LBL to hunt, uh, an archery hunting dude killed a freaking stud of a buck on public land. Killed slammer. Nice yeah, fir- buck. first time going is a 12 point. First time going into a location, went in, did a did an old hang and bang, running gun setup, and uh, killed himself a whopper of a buck. So we talked about that a little bit. And then, of course, we kind of jump into turkey hunting. He's a very passionate turkey hunter, uh, which was a heck of a time talking to him about that. And, uh, dude, we just kind of ramble on about just kind of his hunting background and everything about him. He's a super interesting guy. Uh, it was a great time talking with him. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to meet up sometime this fall. I know he's going to be coming down here for NWTF, uh, him and a group of his guys uh, from the hunting grounds. So we're going to meet up with them at the BHA Pint Night on Friday night. 
which is at a local pizzeria slash bar, uh, which guys will post a little bit more information about that this week. But uh, anyways, it was a heck of a time talking with him, dude. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a really fun episode. Um, and about the – before we jump into it real quick, about the BHA stuff going on. So we're going to be at the NWTF convention. So if any of y'all are going to be there, holler at us. We'd love to, like, hang out. Um, but we're going to be at NWTF. We're going to be recording a bunch of interviews and stuff. It's going to be a good time. And then we're also going to be at that pint night Friday night and I believe Saturday night. We are going to be at the uh, BHA Storytelling Night where uh, Damon Bungard, who's been on this podcast, is going to be one of the speakers. Uh, Which is, he, he, anyone that doesn't know Damon Bungard, um, he's one of the project managers slash engineers slash, like he wears a bunch of different hats for Jackson Kayak, Orion Coolers, and the founder of Orion Kennels. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, great, he's a great guy. So, yeah, he'll be there. We'll have Kevin Murphy from old Paducah, Kentucky, mm-hmm. with old Meat Eater crew. He's going to be there, uh, as in last time. And have a, a couple of BHA members that are going to be up there uh, talking, which is going to be pretty uh, fun. Chris, is Chris Jenkins talking? Chris, mm, can't, I, I'm not sure. So, Chris, if uh, anybody doesn't know Chris, he is the, I believe, CEO of the Orient Society, which is a reptile conservation organization. Uh, it's a fascinating guy, man. Really smart guy. Really fun to hang around. We got to spend some time with him at the uh, – uh, man, what what was that again? It was, it was a BHA event, another BHA event earlier this, this like summer. A, this, is a different, this is a retreat. We went down to uh, down to the Gulf. Yeah, there's like board meeting stuff down there, and he came because I think he's a board member now. And uh, we just had meetings and fished and hung out, and it was awesome. We had a great time. You're boring the audience with our meetings. Nobody cares about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're probably right. But but anyways, guys, yeah, the storytelling event's going to be awesome. If you want to come out, come out. Uh, again, if you want to hang out with us at uh, NWTF, we're going to be busy. But, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you're somebody that has our phone number, definitely give us a call or text message. That would be the easiest way to get in touch with us. If not, uh, Facebook or Instagram, just message us, and, uh, you know, we'll try to meet up with you guys at the show. But uh, it's going to be from pretty much daylight to dark. Actually, after dark, we'll still be there uh, getting some stuff done. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, also, going to give a little little pre-notice to we're going to be doing a huge giveaway, guys, this spring. Like, ridiculous giveaway. So oh, make yeah. sh- Like, ridiculous <laughs> giveaway. So make sure that you guys are tuned in. You are subscribed to the podcast. Okay, first off, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Second. And uh, hopefully we'll be announcing this giveaway. Hopefully I'm shooting for the second week of March. Um, and believe me, you are going to want to put in for this giveaway and you're <laughs> going to want to win it because it's going to be one prize. It's going to be one, one grand winner. And whoever wins it is going to be extremely happy for turkey season. That is all we can say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll save you a good chunk of change if you were going to want to get this. Oh my yourself. god, it's gonna save you. Oh my god, yeah. Real good chunk so. of change. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be awesome. It's yeah. gonna be freaking bananas. But guys, Andrew, you got anything else? No, dude, that's it. Uh we've rambled on for eleven minutes. So if yes, if you didn't skip through this mm. part then and you're still here, uh make sure you do all that stuff because the giveaway is gonna be awesome. But other than that, man, let's hop into this episode with Jacob Emery from the Hunting Grounds. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm here with the trusty ginger bow hunter, Mr. Jacob Myers. Jacob, how are you doing? Oh, so I'm back to the ginger bow hunter. I appreciate it. It's been a while yeah. since I've had a bow in my hands, but yeah, man, excited for this <laughs> week's episode. 
because uh, we have Jake Emery on um, for this week's episode. I'm super excited to talk to him. Uh, he is with Hunting Grounds. Uh, it's a YouTube, uh, I'm going to call it a YouTube TV show. They do a great job with their production and everything else. And uh, we're going to have him on today. So, with that being said, Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome, man. We're we're excited to have you on. It's actually going to be kind of difficult for Andrew since he's going to have two Jacobs uh, to deal with today. So it's going to be Jacob Squared. You better watch out. Jacob so. Squared. <laughs> <laughs> You're strange, man. Yeah. Strange. Well, uh, what, okay, what's Myers? We're going to call you Myers. Myers and Emery. Oh, that? Myers. Yeah. Jacob right. Myers. Emery's the nickname for uh, high school football. Coaching at work, it's always my last name, so I'm cool with Emory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. how people, a bunch of a bunch of people I know call me Maxwell, but there's yeah. no need because there's <laughs> not two Andrews. Anyways, uh, Jacob Emory, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of how you got into hunting and a little bit of background on you? Sounds good, man. Uh, I'm 27 now. I've uh, grown up in Calhoun, Kentucky, my entire life. Uh, I've been hunting since I was about 10 years old, uh, somewhere around the 2002 mark. Can't really remember exactly when, but uh been hunting pretty much Kentucky my entire life, with the exception of the last, uh, let's see, about seven or eight years, I started branching out, hunting some other state, uh, trying to get a feel for what's out there besides, you know, the home, home range. Uh, had a pretty successful year this year. Not so much the year before. Well, awesome. <laughs> well, one thing, you know, talking about, you know, this year you had, you know, a much better year this year compared to last year. Before we dive in too deep, we, we've got to touch on, we got to touch on, you know, two seasons ago, really, you know, two years ago with your <laughs> video of your postseason. We talked about that before we started recording. That, but that uh, Everybody a lot listening of, has probably seen. Everybody, 100%. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast or watch our YouTube channel, you have seen this video, I promise you. So, Jacob, give us a little lay down that video <laughs> yeah, real quick. Okay, so uh, the 2017 season was just rough in general. Uh, heck, I was still dealing with a divorce and this and that and some life issues. My mom ended up passing away uh, that year. It was just, it was terrible. I killed a doe the very first time I went out with my bow. And after that, the end of September was terrible. I think I missed another deer with my bow. Went through all of October, November, not even seeing a shooter. Um, had a chance on probably what would have been to, to me I think it was a booner um, I actually ended up seeing that deer with my granddad driving out in the side by side he was laying 10 yards off the uh, the four-wheeler trail in an old logging rut because his property I hunt was logged and uh, I've seen him I didn't want to stop but my granddad didn't get excited about nothing okay and he was freaking the heck out over this deer and I glanced over and seen him I was like okay so I've got to wait to a perfect wind to hunt this deer. I go in. Uh, let's see. I think it was like six days later. Hunted and uh, did not see him on stand, but I got down and kind of worked my way out. And uh, You live and you learn. I was an idiot and had my quiver in my backpack, my phone in my backpack, and I'm walking out. And lo and behold, I end up about 10 yards from this deer before I see him and waited him out like a mule deer. And, uh you know, patience gets the best of me all the time. So I decide finally I'm going to make this deer stand up. And I shot and missed him, ended up missing 
another shooter on that property due to hitting a limb. I actually shot two does that year after that in, uh, I think it was late December, and I hit them both high in no man's land and just uh, out of the blue, sitting in the stand one day, and I started to do my pre-hunt intro. You know, you got to do it every single time you hunt. <clears throat> and about halfway through it, I just decided I'm I'm done with this crap. I am sick of getting up early. I'm sick of freezing my butt off. I'm sick of not seeing anything. I'm I'm sick of this season. And I'm I can't remember exactly what I say because I try not to watch it. But I just <laughs> go off in the stand, and uh, it was just it was kind of a joke for all the guys on the team. And uh, Stephen, the guy that runs hunting grounds, was kind of like, ah, I think I'm going to post this and see how it does. And about mm, a year and a half later, I think it's up to about 7 million views right now. So seven <laughs> and a half or 7 million people have seen me act like a five-year-old. And apparently some people think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. And Andrew, guys, you can't tell, is very sick. Uh, he's coming yeah. down with probably pneumonia. So he's coughing over here. But Jacob... No, dude, that is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of, you know, sad to hear about everything else that happened that year, you know, working up to hunting season and everything else you were dealing with. But, you know, dude, that video is iconic. And like you said earlier, you, you, you know you've done something when Michael Waddell walks up to you and says he knows you from somewhere or he's seen you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was um, like, I was so excited at first. I was like, oh, my gosh, really? And then he told me, I kind of <laughs> mentioned that video. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's it. I'm like. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. All right, um, so 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 we touched on video in 2017 season. You know, kind of let's kind of jump straight into 2018 uh, season. Uh, you know, I saw you and found out about you through a mutual friend we have on Facebook, which I can't remember exactly who that is now, but he shared one of your he shared your video of your success in Tennessee on LBL. Um, if you don't mind, kind of give us a, a, a little season recap for you and then kind of jump into that hunt and kind of give us a little bit more background about that hunt. Okay. Uh, well, 2018 was quite a upgrade from 17. Uh, I, I definitely was taking uh, no chance of letting that repeat. So right off the bat, uh, my property, I hunt in Kentucky. I, I killed two does with my bow right off the bat on the same stick. Following into muzzleloading season, I actually killed a doe with my little girl in the blind with me. Uh, she just absolutely loved it. Um, followed up to November 10th, I killed my target buck in Kentucky. Uh, I'd had so many daylight. He was 90% daylight, 10% nighttime activity, and it was like either work or I had my little girl. I couldn't hunt. It was always something. But ended up killing him on the 10th, and uh, every single year, uh, me and a good buddy of mine, we always buy our Tennessee tags because, and we buy them all year because I can't remember the exact amount, but it's like an extra 100 to $120 more. Uh, you're going to get the all-year, all-game permit so you can hunt deer, duck, turkeys, um, instead of like, I think it's a seven or a five-day license, and it's it's only $120 cheaper. It's, it's common sense just to buy. So... <clears throat> I always try to uh, make a couple trips down there during turkey season, um, but I love land between the lakes. It's just, it's beautiful. I actually envy the place because where I hunt, like I said, with logged, it's a nightmare to walk through, and LBL is beautiful, white oaks as far as you can see, but no, going down to Tennessee, um, I pretty much decided on my way down that 
any deer with a decent set of antlers on him was going to get it because, like I said, <laughs> uh, after last year, not very many things are going to get to walk. That's just me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was actually going down, and I had, I had glanced at Onyx maps a little bit, you know, through the week, kind of a different, few different spots I was going to look at. And uh, I definitely was not hunting very far below the Kentucky line because it's already an iron. 45 minute drive from my house uh, to the state line. So <clears throat> kind of picked a spot out on Onyx maps in between two big ridges. And it was just uh, this nice set of woods uh, in the bottom of this valley that was, you know, intersecting these two ridges. So it's a perfect uh, pinch point where a buck could, you know, travel back and forth between these two. Um, and as I was walking in that day, I uh, had my climber. Um, I got a summit viper. Um, I've seen some of the setups you guys have. You guys have introduced me to a whole new can of worms on some public land. Apparently, people are hunting out of saddles now or oh, harnesses. Yeah. I was like, okay, wow, that's cool. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I didn't even know those existed. Here I am with my 20-pound summit, walking in with my backpack and all my self-filming equipment. It's like this sucks. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah. Now, the day, that day, the game plan was just kind of like get to that spot. And if I see some good stuff, you know, I'm probably just going to hunt here. And if not, you know, I'll keep searching until I find some good sign. This is November 17th, by the way. Um, I come to that spot and there's a good rub. I'm like, okay. So I kind of start following it. Another good rub, another really good rub. And then boom, I had already walked right in front of this guy's trail camera. I'm thinking, okay, there's a trail camera here. Obviously, nobody's hunting. Um, and as I see that, I actually saw an old, old deer stand. I was like, okay, you know what? This is me. I'm going to climb up right here. And uh, I sat there all day long from probably, gosh, I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning until about, I want to say it was about 20 minutes before actual sunset. And uh hadn't seen a single deer. Uh, I actually, The only thing I had seen that day was, uh, a bobcat chased a squirrel up a tree, which was really cool. Never seen that before. Um, but I wasn't sure on the rules and regs for bobcats in Tennessee, and I wasn't taking no chance. But uh, like I said, 20 minutes right before dark, I, I could just see a buck. I knew it was a buck by the way he was walking. I couldn't tell. He had just something on top of his head. I hit the grunt call, and he stopped. And uh, I knew he couldn't tell where the sound come from. So I hit it again. It was like this deer doubled in size. Like he just bristled up, ears pinned back, starting on that pissed off death march. I'm like, okay, sweet. So uh, going back to self-filming, I have this problem that when I see antlers, I kind of freak out. Um, <laughs> not always the best footage. I can't uh, I tend to forget to zoom in, take my time, you know, uh, worry more about the, the filming than the shot. But I kind of flung my camera arm to the side, zoomed all the way out, and I'm picking a spot where this deer's going to end up. And I stopped him and shot him at 40 yards. And I remember that arrow seemed like it took forever to get there. And I was actually shooting a 60-pound Matthews Triax last year. And uh, I hit that deer. And to me, it looked like I didn't get very good penetration at all. But it looked like I hit him you know, just about where I was aiming, maybe a little too far forward, but I wasn't sure. But uh, of course the shake set in and I chilled out a little bit and I got down, 
and I walked over to where I had shot him because I had heard him run. He probably didn't run more than 100, 120 yards, and he stopped. And there was a field over that way. And this, a lot of people give me heck for this deer, and I'll lead into that. But there was a field over there kind of where he went. I'm thinking he probably hit that field and kept going. But as I started to pack my stuff up, I heard what was him over there kicking and thrashing around. Uh, but I wasn't sure if it was another deer taking off. I couldn't tell. I was still in, like, total freakout mode. You know, I knew at that point that I'd shot a pretty good deer. Uh, like I said, I climbed down, went over to the arrow, and uh, I shoot uh, dirt naps, uh, DRTs, fixed blade, uh, just 100 grain. And from the tip of that broadhead to where my arrow was snapped off was only three inches. Now, there was another little bit of blood about an inch and a half maybe back on that arrow. And right then I knew, you know, I need to back out. I I didn't, wasn't sure exactly where I hit him, uh, but, you know, you hear all these people went in doubt, back out. So first time I've done it, I've been hunting like 19 years, and it's the first time I've ever backed out on an animal overnight. Um, actually called a good buddy up in Paducah and drove about an hour and a half north to stay with him that night, and I was taking my arrow <laughs> and uh, kind of measuring how much penetration I actually got total. It was like five and a half inches total. And I was holding a tape measure up to a deer mount, like thinking like, man, if that's true, I know I've got a lung. Like I was pretty sure. Uh, but what I failed to mention was as I walked out that night, I was probably halfway back to my truck. And I couldn't tell how many it was, but I knew it was, you know, well over eight or nine coyotes just light up everywhere back here, like right where the last place that I heard him go down. I get up early the next morning and drive all the way back down. Stuck, I had stuck an arrow in the ground where I, you know, had picked up my other arrow and <clears throat> kind of started following the blood trail a little bit. And I, I had actually followed it about 10 or 20 yards uh, that night. I uh, can't really call it a blood trail because there was no blood. Like there was a little bit like right where it hit him, but you could just follow his foot tracks. There was no blood at all. And man, it, I finally started to see itty bitty little specks at about 30 to 40 yards from where I shot him. And uh, I, I still to this point was thinking I was not going to find this deer because I am just that super doubtful person. And I don't know, I just, I wasn't too confident in it. But as I kept going, I got, you know, probably 60 yards from where I had stuck him and it started pouring like you had dumped it out of a five gallon bucket. And um, I didn't make it too much further before I started smelling wet dog. And right then, mm. I, my heart sank because, like, crap. Like, I know I'm going to find him now, but I'm not going to find him the way I want to. And sure enough, man, right where I thought I had heard him, you know, thrashing on the ground, he was laying right there, probably 110 to 120 yards as a crow flies from the tree that I picked. And uh, it just sucks. Like, I... Like, I can't even read the YouTube comments because people are so mean. Like, I they don't understand. Like, I hate myself for not tracking that deer a little bit better that night. But, you know, I just I trust my gut, and my gut bit me in the butt. And I'd much rather be packing out meat and a nice buck than just a set of antlers, you know. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Jacob, one thing that, you know, I've watched that video a few times, and I don't think you ever mentioned, maybe you did, I just missed it, of the penetration because i wondered the same thing i was like man why did he not go after that deer 
But because I know you, you do talk about like, hey, hey, I didn't get very good penetration. You know, come back in the morning and then like, you know, you're filming on the way out and you can hear the coyotes light up. And then I was like, oh, crap. OK, well, the thing is, I, I mean, if you only get five inches of penetration, dude, I would have backed out. too. I wouldn't even thought twice about that. Um, you know, I've lost too many deer trying to push them too quickly in a situation like that. And then, you know, you just you just don't get them. Um, so I think you definitely did the right thing. I mean, for people to kind of call you out on that, I think it's kind of stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, or they don't own up to a lot of the shots they take then. Cause you know, a lot of hunters, you know, if, if you shoot at any animals, it's going to happen sooner or later. You're not going to get great penetration and you get stuck in a situation, you know, do I need a, you know, go back out or should I, you know, go try to find it, uh, whether the blood's good or not. Uh, so yeah. I definitely think you did the right thing. I mean, right. when I was watching the video, I haven't seen the video until today and, when I watched it, when you shot the deer, I mean, you hear it hit the shoulder. And, like, my first impression, personally, I was like, oh, God, like, he did not get penetration on that. Because you hear it hit the right. shoulder, and it, you could see it just stick in there. And then it, it looked like he turns, and it, it looks like it just falls out. And I'm like, what mm -hmm. in the heck just happened? And, uh, yep. like, I don't, I don't, personally, man, I don't think you did anything wrong at all. I didn't look through the comments. Like, I'm going to go back and see what people were saying, because I... I don't know why anybody would crash talk you for that. I mean, really, though, because like you said, people always say when you have, like, anything questionable at all, it's better to back out. You know, that's kind of the risk you take uh, when you back out is coyotes or stuff like that. But Well, I mean, that happened to, yeah, well, that happened to me this year. I shot a buck, uh, yeah. my buck in Tennessee this year. Uh, I thought I, I thought I absolutely smoked this deer. Um, shot him, well, I thought it was in the back of the lungs at, like, nine yards, but he was walking. I couldn't get him to stop. And, um, after, you know, reviewing the field footage, it looked, it looked fine, but, uh, turned to find out we, uh, couldn't find blood or had, he was bleeding quite a bit, but I shot him when it was raining, sat in the tree for another hour and a half while it was raining. By the time I got down, there's blood all over the arrow and a little bit on the grass, but everything else had washed off. So I got a buddy out there with his dog, but turned to find out I liver shot that deer. He ran 80 yards, circled right up behind the stand I was in. I was hunting some, uh, an old, uh, cattle farm, circled my stand. It was only about 70 yards from my stand from the opposite direction and uh he was still alive six hours later we walked up on him and i got within 30 yards of him he like would pop his head up and then like lay back down pop his head up lay back down some grass and we backed out and i you know i was kind of worried there's a lot of coyotes out there uh, i've seen some bobcats and uh, we got back in the next day and something had pushed him from his bed about 20 yards into a bigger uh um uh briar thicket and we, we found him. He was all covered up. A bobcat came in there and chewed up uh, his back right uh, ham. I mean, nothing nearly as bad as, like, the damage your deer took. I mean, your deer definitely had a pack of coyotes on it. But uh, it's oh, just tough, man. It's tough. Oh, it's the, it's the worst feeling in the world, man. Like, I feel so bad for I – mean, that deer, like, when after I found him, I actually stopped at a check station on the way down there, and I was asking them, like, hey, I don't know, like, the regs on – as far as just bringing out a head, because uh, I think you're supposed to check in those deer. Um, I don't know if it's just a quote a hunt or not, but if the check station does, I'm just going to take it there. But I actually had a pack of uh, game bags from Colorado, and uh, I was going to quarter him up because it was a pretty good piece back in there. I was going to quarter all the meat that I could off of him and take him out. I did not have to take a knife to this deer uh, to to get his head. Like they had ate every ounce of meat all the way up to like. Um, where you would cut it off anyways. Like I took my saw, my tree saw, and just cut the vertebrae, and that was it. That was all that was left. Um, yeah. I did find my broadhead, and uh, it had it 
completely blew through his front shoulder blade, but it stuck in the opposite, like, actual shoulder, like the thing, like, you do not want to hit no matter what you're shooting. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what, when he, you can see in the video, when he kicks his leg back, I think he's shattering uh, or splicing that arrow, just cutting it right in half. Um, I shoot full metal jackets, so um, you just zipped right through the aluminum and the inside carbon of that arrow, and um, Dang. that's all there is to it. It just, it's up. There's there's no beating around the bush. There's no doubt you never want to do that. I don't want to do that to a doe, yet alone, you know, what turned out to be, like, the biggest buck of my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, not to try to harp on any more about this than negatives, but, you know, kind of let's talk a little bit about the positives. You know, you went into a spot. First of all, you you did not do any kind of pre-scouting on the ground. This was all like a one-time, like one-and-done setup, correct? Right. That's nice. freaking simple, fantastic. Simple like, a little bit of planning, like, it's the rut. It's November 17th. You should know what you're looking for. You should know bucks are using certain travel corridors right now to check for you know, hot does, and I just, I saw it, uh, and it was probably a little bit further back than most people were going to walk, and uh, apparently not, because there was a camera there, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure whoever had that <laughs> camera there probably uh, had that deer on camera multiple times, because he walked right in front of it, coming to me. Oh, God. Man. Oh, wait, and didn't you do the video of you, like, walking in front of the camera with the head oh, on your back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> It was kind of, like, I kind of somewhat regret doing it, you know. It, it's crappy, but my buddy brought light to it. He's like, well, look at it like this. He's like, yeah, some people will see it's crappy that you walk right in front of this guy's camera with that deer. But also, if, if I'm hunting a certain deer on public land, and I've got, like, gobs of trail cam pictures of this deer, and I see this guy walk in, and I see that deer walk by my camera that night, and if I never saw that deer again, it would drive me nuts. Like, I want closure. I want to know if somebody killed him. I want to know if he died. I want to know if he's still alive, just something. And uh, after I had cut his head off and as I was walking out, I was like, ah, screw it. I'm going to walk right in front of this guy's camera. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I thought, man. I, I had the exact thought when I first saw that video. I was like, I'd be... Like, I don't know what my emotions would be, like, as soon as I saw it, but I was like, you know, I'd kind of want to know, you know, like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to quit hunting this spot, go hunt somewhere else. <laughs> like, kind of <laughs> be doing me a favor, not wasting my right. time there anymore. Uh, I can see both sides. I guess it depends on what kind of personality you got. Some people will just be like, that's so crappy, and then others be like, you know, that's that's kind of funny, kind of not. I'd probably laugh. I'd probably yeah. laugh, man. If See, if, that on my camera. Now listen, like as like if, as long as it's not my camera, I think it's hilarious. If it was my camera, I'd I'd probably be like, hmm, this guy <laughs> this guy this guy has an interesting way of humor, especially if I had it on video mode because I leave all my clips on video mode. So it would have been it would have been hot hot a hot take right there that uh, I think would have gone pretty well on social media, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just funny, the sequence, because he's got me walking in with my climber and my backpack, and he's got the deer walking right in front of the camera. Then he's got probably me walking in the next day uh, to go find him, and then the next thing he sees is me leaving with him. Hmm. I was kind of, like, really hoping this guy would find me. Like, if you want to, like, find me and curse me out, whatever, 
do your damage. But really, I just want to talk to the person who had this camera like, why were you not hunting on a weekend on November 17th? What are you What are you doing? What he was at doing? a wedding. He was at a wedding, I bet you. <laughs> Guarantee Listen, it. All right. <laughs> any friend that has a wedding in April, May, October, or November is no friend of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andrew almost falls into that category, by God, because oh, he's about sir. to try to – Try to slip his in oh middle God. of December or early December. So it's like my buddy, he's got a he's got a kid that was I think she was born on like in the middle of November or like maybe early November. And now he's got a kid on the way that's gonna show up in April. It's like, dude, can you count backwards from nine? <laughs> don't, we, don't don't that. <laughs> we were talking about this with our buddy uh, Parker McDonald from a uh, Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Um, we, we actually had that same topic on, uh, just our little group chat back and forth about like people that don't like try to plan some of that stuff. Like if you want to have a kid, that's, that's great. Just, you know, plan it. So you have like, you know, that late, you know, that early summer, late spring time, or maybe get born around, you know, January or February. That's about it. The only time it works. So anyways, but yeah, June 30th and, uh, Perfect timing. I'm going to have to oh. try to line. If it ever happens again, I'm going to try to aim for that you know, same date, like right in the middle of summer or something. <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm talking about. That's that, that's what you got to do for sure. Uh, that's fantastic, man. Well, you know, that's kind of jumps into one thing I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, you know, you having success for the first time on, you know, this part of the LBL, you know, just going down there and, you know, kind of winging it. Uh, first of all, that was an awesome deer. I mean, that was a fantastic deer. By the way, how many points? Was it was he 11, 12 points? I can't remember what he was. He is a 12 point. Um, okay. He's got seven on one side and five on the other. Um, Man. He measured, I mean, I, I did not think he was as big as he was until, like, I got him home and actually put a tape to him. Uh, it blew my mind. He's just got such good time length. He's got, you know, perfect mass. He doesn't have, like, crazy mass, but he carries it out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that extra little time, you know, on that, I think his left side, if you're looking at him, is, it helps. Um, he oh, actually yeah. beats, he beats my, uh, my best buck. My, I killed a buck in 2011 on opening day of archery here in Kentucky on public, but, uh, I was wearing khaki shorts, Nikes, <laughs> a long sleeve real tree shirt and a, and a hat. And I shot a 153 in velvet. God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But I, I didn't have I didn't own a trail camera at that time that worked, I think. Like I picked a tree and I was like, this looks good, you know? And here I am and this deer's coming through the woods and I'm like, this ain't happening. Like this cannot be happening. <laughs> he beat that deer by like a quarter of an inch. So Dang, Dang man. Pretty, pretty cool. Like Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say you Oh yeah, I mean fantastic luck. But you know, I was gonna say you you dropped a photo on uh, I think I can't remember it was Instagram, Facebook, or whatever of the uh, the skull plate and the antlers of that buck, um, the one you killed on LBL uh, a couple like a week ago or something like that. It wasn't too long ago, and I was like, you know, on the video it looks like a good deer. Then you like dropped a photo of it, and I'm like, from like inside your house or office, wherever it was, I was like, Jesus Christ, man, that is like even bigger than I thought it was the first time around. I was like, dude, that deer is a stud. Um, which is fantastic. Again, that's uh, that's that's awesome. Now I was going to ask you, are you going to uh, look at possibly getting a cape to uh, try to mount them, or are you just going to do the skull plate? Uh, what are you going to do with them? Absolutely. So it was it was tough because I killed that target buck that I really wanted to kill in Kentucky, and uh, of course the cape was fine on him, and 
then I end up killing that deer and my buddy's like, maybe you can take the cape from your Kentucky buck and use it on him. I'm like, you know, my Kentucky deer was uh, right at 143 and it's like, yeah, I don't know how many more deer I'm going to kill like this the rest of my life. I, I want a wall that's nothing but just giant by the time yeah. I'm ready to crow. Like, that's what I, that's my goal. Uh, I love the memories, but man, it would just be so cool to have something like that to look back on. And, uh, so I'm definitely going to have to get another cape for him. And uh, I think I'm going to have the same guy do both of them. And uh, he said he thinks he has a cape that'll fit it. But uh, yeah, going back to that check station on that Tennessee buck, one person was arguing with another guy. They were both biologists or whatever. They had the little thing in his mouth pulling open. One was a guy, he's six and a half. And another was, he's five and a half. They fought back and forth. I'm like, ah, sounds good. He's six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's probably what I'd do too. Six and a half. I'll take it. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, when they get so old, man, it just doesn't matter. They're, they're mature. There was that one deer, I'm not going to lie, um, uh, the TWRA, Tennessee uh, Wildlife Reese. Okay, I'm about to botch it. Anyways, the Tennessee DNR, that's what we call them. Uh, TWRA, they um, – You had it, they, man. Yeah, they – I don't know. They, you they were right there. Shh, man, you're killing me right now. They posted <laughs> they posted a photo of this guy that killed uh, – it's a really, really good deer. I mean, it was like a 160-inch deer. I forgot what county, like Carter County or something like that uh, in, like, central Tennessee. And, um, anyways, they, they aged the deer, and the biologist aged it at 10 years old at least. That's what he said. And you look at these jaw, you look at the jaws, and it literally had two teeth that were worn down almost to the jawline. That was it. It was a big body deer. It was a big, it was a big, big deer. I'm like that dude. You know he was struggling. He was eating acorns whole. I promise you that. So. Yeah. (laughs) But uh. But but that's this is freaking awesome. Well, hey. Kind of a, a, a side note that I kind of like to jump into is this public land. Um, you know, we talked about this before we started recording, but you know, Jacob, get us kind of a an overview of um, how you got into hunting public land. You know, what got you interested into it, uh, especially living in Kentucky? Um, you know, I know private land rules up there, especially when you want to try to kill a big deer. But, man, what happened uh, to you to really want to try hunting public land, uh, both in Kentucky and these other states you try to go to? Um, going back to that 2011 buck that I killed in Velvet, um, I, I shot that deer in the liver and, and gut. It was not a good shot. Uh, it was very unfortunate. I actually did not find him until three days later. Uh, I was on my way to work and there was buzzards circling like, and this deer ran in what I like to call like little Vietnam. And it was impossible. I was within like 20 foot of this deer four or five times looking for him, uh, the day or uh, the day after and the next day and never seen him. And I did not find him until I seen the buzzards. Um, but anyways, I tagged out early that year, obviously, and uh, I think 2011, uh, let's see, first or second year, I was right out of high school, so you can't really venture too far when you're in high school, so I killed this deer early, and all I could think is, like, I'm going to go crazy in October and November, so uh, I bought my Indiana license for the first time. It's $150 to bow hunt. It's super cheap. Uh, There's tons of public land up there, Um, hunted all that year, ended up, I didn't kill a deer. Actually, I did not kill a deer on uh, public land, uh, a buck, that is, until 2014 down at Land Between the Lakes, uh, back when it was a bonus buck. I killed him on the Kentucky side. Um, But that's what it really amounts to, man, is like, you know, one buck is not – it's just not enough for me. Uh, Turkeys, 
Uh, you can kill two here. Um, I love Tennessee because there's places down there. I think you can kill like four, four birds. So every spring I'm venturing off to Kansas. Now, uh, Kansas, Tennessee, I've done a little bit in Alabama. Um, never bought a turkey tag for Indiana. Uh, but as far as deer hunting goes, I've really just kind of kept myself at Indiana and, uh, and Tennessee for now. Um, other than that, the only other big, really big hunt that I've done was, uh, this year I went on my first elk hunt out to Colorado and that is a whole other can of worms right there. Oh, and we're about to jump into it right now. That's a good segue. So, <laughs> yeah, so we are, and a lot of our listeners know this, but you, you probably don't. So, uh, we had our first taste of a, a Western hunt in 2017, fall of 2017. Uh, me and Andrew went out to Wyoming for a um, general tag rifle mule deer hunt. And uh, both were able to harvest a buck. Uh, actually, I'm sitting underneath mine right now. Um, and it's uh, it was a heck of a time. We saw a ton of elk, and it really got us kind of fired up for western hunting. What was your first of all? What, what made you want to go out west to chase elk, and then kind of give us a little rundown of just the overall experience of it? <laughs> well, <clears throat> of course, you go to. Did you go to the to the Badlands Film Festival this, this yeah. past year? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The year before was like in my eyes a lot better. Um, I've seen a couple of elk hunts the year before that just lit me on fire. And I've always wanted to go, man. And I, I don't want to sound sappy or nothing, but dude, my mom, when she passed away, she actually passed away on my birthday. And uh, it still hasn't like hit me, but it's like, she was that one person that was hundred percent, no matter what, like, go do you. I'm proud of you. You know, you want to go hunt, just go do it. Where everybody else in my family is just like, yeah, you should be working or you could be saving money. Or blah, blah, blah. My mom was just like, go for it. And boom, I got that tax return. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, I am freaking going elk hunting and nobody's going to stop me. So uh, that was in January and that was, oh my God, it killed me. I was so fired up for going on this elk hunt. I mean, I went to the NWTF show last year. I saw, I saw Will Primos and the first thing I want to do is talk to him about elk hunting. He goes, you're at this turkey show and you want to talk elk hunting? Let's do it. You know, uh, God, man, I spent so much time prepping on Onyx, you know, uh, learning just everything I possibly could, taking it all in. The big, the fitness thing, I was, you know, I don't want to be like super like crazy at the gym. You know, all these guys are like every single day, you know, but I wanted to be in shape. So I spent a lot of time through the summer, uh, even put my little girl in my backpack with me with like extra weight in it and we'd walk these country roads uh i was calling anybody i could with like super steep hills like hey can this sounds stupid can i walk up your hill <laughs> like the, the <laughs> highest hills i could find in mclean county uh and ended up i applied for a draw unit that was a 33 percent chance with no points just to kind of see uh didn't get drawn so it was over the counter and let me tell you a little something about colorado and Everybody out there might need to hear this. Is uh, when you go through that application, there's a checkbox that says, "If you're not successful, would you like an over-the-counter tag?" If you don't want $661 coming out of your bank account, poof, overnight, you better click no. You can buy it some other time because I clicked, <laughs> "Yeah, I want one." Oh, I didn't say, "Yeah, I want one." Take it out of my checking account, you know, on June 1st when I don't get drawn. So I had two emails. One was like guess what, sucker, you didn't get drawn. And the next one's like, also, we've taken $661 from your bank account. 
your over-the-counter elk tag should be there any minute. Oh mm. God! Wow. Okay. Surprise! Yeah, it's like it's like Christmas. No. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like a Christmas <laughs> present that you didn't want. Like at that moment. <laughs> but yeah, after that, I, even up till August, dude, I was deciding on a unit, and we picked me and a buddy, my buddy Scotty Flippo with the hunting grounds. He's he's a great guy. He actually took off a week to go with me, but I picked unit forty-seven, and it's uh. It's close to Aspen, and it's a great unit, but I can tell you this. You better – don't plan on finding a McDonald's or a Taco Bell because the only place you can eat in Aspen, you better be wearing a suit and tie. I swear I thought Matthew McConaughey was going to walk out of one of these restaurants any minute. <laughs> uh, that's a high-end town right there. That is hilarious. <laughs> good be like, man, what's the guy got to do for a Taco Bell around here? <laughs> no joke. Like, it was crazy. I lived off mountain houses for – quite a few days but that place was tough um i'll never forget like we had drove through the night to get there um i think what what i have wrote it september 6th we left and we got there on the 7th um we was like i think it said a mile and a half from our destination it said 55 minutes to your destination we're a mile and a half from here it's like something ain't right and then we hit this road going up this mountain and I had just bought a brand-new GMC Sierra all-terrain, and I am taking it up this mountain. I am about to die. There's, like, a 1,000-foot drop off the one side, and the only way to avoid it is to run your truck through the branches on the left side. I was – oh, my God, I was sick. I'm, like, I'm scratching my brand-new truck. It took us forever oh, to get up this mountain. I'm, like, stressed to the max to get up there and put all our stuff on. Like, okay, let's do this. And we take off walking on this road flat ground we went probably 200 yards i was ready to die like what was I've the elevation training... there what, oh what, what god was the elevation? Was like 5. oh my god dude, dude yeah i had wasted all summer long training with all this weight backpack going to the yeah. gym with a, you know my backpack and stair climber and just hitting as many steps as I could every day. I've walked 200 yards on flat ground out here, and I'm ready to puke. Yep. I'm like, we haven't even, even went up the hill yet. Yep. No, that's yeah, – uh, was... I was going to say, when we went to Wyoming, it was similar. Now, we were not at no 12-5, 12-5. Dude, that's, that's one thing. Like, I really want to do an elk hunt. Man, it might have to be a late season hunt because I don't know if I could handle, like, over, like, 10,000 feet, dude. Um, so, I don't know about Colorado. But because I, I I wasn't feeling the greatest when we were up in Wyoming, we were only at like 8,200 feet. But we're coming from a we're coming from a place you know I worked out hard all summer long too, kind of the same thing as you did. I thought I was in awesome shape getting ready to go, and then uh, like you said, dude, get literally it's like it's that 200 yard mark. We get 200 yards from the truck, you look back you're like, oh my god, this is about to be bad. This is about oh to be yeah, bad. I remember turning around to Jake while I was like, we're gonna die on this mountain. <laughs> get ready. I think we got up there and Jacob got stuck. Yeah, it takes a couple of days to get used to, but it was just aggravating the first, like, two or three days because it's like there's elk sign everywhere. It's, I mean, it's everywhere where we went, and we just could not get into, like, really fresh elk sign. But there was a couple other trucks there in that spot, so we figured probably somebody done blew the elk out. Tried a new spot the next day. Um, it was a little bit more convenient. We had signal. It was nice because you don't know how – I. I would be lost without my phone. Like, I try to pretend that I wouldn't be, but I ain't kidding. Like, I, I don't know if I can go that long without signal again. I was 
going crazy. <laughs> but we had a spot where we had big mule and a creek close, and it was just nice conditions. But there was kind of like people riding bikes in that area. Like we were still trying to figure it out as we went. Like as as you guys know, when you look at Onyx or or any kind of app or even Google Maps, you look at the spot and it's like that looks you know that looks awesome. And then you get there and it's nothing like what you thought. Nothing at all. And that's yeah. how that you know that ended up. But uh, I think it was day four. We finally uh, tried this new spot uh, in the afternoon, and we had we heard our first elk bugle, and uh, we chased him up the mountain, got in probably within 200 yards of him, and he kind of shut up as we got up there. Uh, but as we worked our way back to camp, I was you know trying to get some response. I was cow calling. This bull was actually actually following us back to camp because when we got to camp. Of course, I ripped off a bugle, and he bugles like 200 yards from us. I'm like, seriously, screw you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't say it was the same elk, but it was like, God, he was right there. And next morning, uh, got up and kind of went back to the same spot we had first heard him. And I ripped off a bugle, and he answers me. And I did it, you know, one more time to get a good pin on him. And we took off kind of like towards where we thought he was and got in some dark timber and, boom, ran into him instantly. Uh, I cow called this bull to like 50 yards, two different times, come to full draw both times. And there was just something in the way of his vitals. Both times. Of course he was frontal. I would never take a frontal shot over 30 yards uh, on an elk. You know, it's apparently very deadly and I practiced it, you know, all summer. Um, but that's all he gave me both times is, he separated something between me and him and uh, elk. They're not going to come if they don't see an elk, especially if they can see where that call is coming from and they don't see anything elky, like they're out, they're done. And Sounds like a dang uh, turkey. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's they're, they're a turkey on steroids. Yeah. Well, awesome. Now, uh, uh, you know, how long did y'all hunt for? And again, kind of give us a recap, uh, you know, how did it end? I mean, were y'all able to get anything, any shots released, or did y'all leave just with a lot of experience getting excited to get, re- get ready to go back? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. It was, it was so depressing because I had built up this hunt from January till then, and it just, it didn't go as I hoped it would. Um, that was the farthest. That, we hunted another day after that happened. We actually went to a different unit and subconsciously I was like working my way back east like I wanted to try another unit back there but all I was thinking was like I'm gonna be a little closer to home <laughs> um hunted there and uh, talked to some guys and they said that they hadn't had much luck either and uh we actually left probably two days early on that trip and I'll be honest I've never been that far from home in my life I've never been away from my little girl that long and I just got homesick like like I know what to expect next year and it'll be better, but that just got the best of me, uh, including the toll that it takes on your body, uh, the elevation change, the oxygen. It's just tough mentally. That that's what it mainly is. Is I've listened to hundreds of podcasts on this, like on elk hunting, and uh, all the guys seem to hit it right on the head. Is that fourth or fifth day when you're not feeling it and things aren't going your way? It is. It is like a hundred percent mental like you've got to make yourself push through it and i just i didn't do it so that's on me um my buddy was on a paid vacation so i didn't feel too sorry for him you know <laughs> paid to be out there anyways. whereas me you know i'm taking time off from work and the sooner i get back the more i'm back to making money uh so yeah we mm-hmm. we left a little early on that trip and 
I kind of regret it. Um, I won't make the same mistakes next year, and I'd like to say I'll be in better shape for next year, but I think it's going to take me another one or two days just to get used to it. There's, and there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for that altitude change. Yeah. Now, now that's something that people don't talk about a whole lot when you're going out there, you know, 1,700 miles for home and from from home in our case when we went to Wyoming is like the homesick factor because uh, we tagged out like two days early or something like that. And, I mean, even before we tagged out, I was feeling pretty homesick. Like, I wanted to get home and see Tiffany and everything. And we tagged out, and I was like, all right, we can go back now. And, dude, we went back, and, you know, getting back was nice and everything. Like, like I don't know. You kind of explained it earlier. But at the same time, you know, looking back on it, you're like, well, I drove all the way out there, and I came back early. Kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, see personally – yeah. See, personally, I was different because I wanted to stay because I wanted to go fishing for a couple of days and go hit some trout. But it, but it didn't comes have down fishing to, rods. Oh, 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 dude, there was a Walmart right there. I, I ain't worried. I'll, I'll go get me. I'll get me a Barbie doll and some and some spinners, and I will go catch a trout. And watch it. No, but uh, I don't, it was fun, dude. But I, you know, I was I was down to go home, not for a homesick factor. Like I've never had issues with that. Just. Growing up, I went to boarding school growing up for high school and, you know, was used to living on my own, doing my stuff. So it didn't affect me at all. But the thing is, I was so worn down, man. Like when you're out yeah. there, oh my it's, just, it's, it's not even, you know, being in sh- – well, the in-shape factor is, is one thing that was helpful. But it's like just like day and day and day and day. Like we were doing a lot of glassing. You guys are probably just covering more ground trying to get on animals. But we were doing a ton of glassing. I mean we were like glassing. glassing all hours of daylight. Like, yeah, literally like six, just six, to eight, all six, six to eight hours at least behind binos and a spotting scope. And, dude, it doesn't yeah. sound bad, but it is, like, legit draining on just your, your mental aspect and just, like, fatigue. And uh, oh I was God. like, man, I'm like, it's beautiful out here, but I'm ready to come home. But I'm ready to go back. I'm like, man, if I if I can get transferred. I'd, see, I just got transferred down here to uh, Georgia from work. But, man, if I got transferred out to Wyoming, dude, I'd, I'd be down in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> so, that, well, that's just me, though. That's just me, though. <laughs> but uh, awesome. Well, well, it's exciting that you know you're going to you know you're be able to go back again. That's one thing that definitely we want to try to do as well, uh, since we haven't touched elk yet. But you know, got a little bit of our western feel from us. Uh, but kind of transition to something else. Uh, you know, it's going on this spring is turkeys. Um, and I know you said earlier before we started recording that you know turkey hunting is something that kind of got you into hunting. Is that correct? Well, let's kind of go over that a little bit. I mean, what's kind of your background when it comes to turkey hunting? How'd you get into it? And, you know, how does that uh, compare to, say, deer hunting and everything else that you like to do? Well, I started turkey hunting. I started hunting, period, back in uh, 2002. And that first year, my granddad uh, is what got me started in hunting. Uh, I found an interest for it. Uh, my dad, my actual dad, he, he doesn't really hunt. Like, he's killed a couple deer. Uh, my granddad hunted, you know, growing up, but back then in the 70s and uh, 80s around here, man, if you've seen a, like a doe or two all season, you you've done something because the deer population just isn't what it is now. Um, but he kind of saw my interest in it and decided he was going to take me, talk to a couple people, and uh, we actually had probably the best spot in my county. Like it was loaded with turkeys, and we couldn't kill one to save our life. It was it was awful and. Uh, I killed my first one back in 2003 and uh, just kind of taken off since then. It's been, it, it's, I can't say it's more fun than deer hunting because there's nothing like holding just a, 
great deer in your hands. But, like, man, I just live for spring. Like, I've already got all my uh, dates planned out. I got uh, my every other weekend I have my daughter. Uh, so I've got to, like, plan accordingly to that. So, um, yeah, I didn't it, – we, we, it was tough the first year as far as, like, calling, learning – like what they like, what they don't like, even being in really good spots, they're tough to kill. There's nothing harder to kill than a hard-headed Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took it took a couple of years to get the hang of it, but uh, I think there's only been one year since 2000, uh, since 2004 that I haven't, you know, killed my two birds here in Kentucky for sure. Um, it's great. And then, like I said, we like to venture out now. Uh, Kansas is a big one for us. Me and my buddy, uh, Jacob Berge, there's a third Jacob now. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, we go to Kansas every year. Uh, we have for the last couple of years, uh, but we go early during the bow season, and, and there's so much public. I don't know. Have you guys hunted Kansas before? Oh man, no. But the more you it's talk coming. about it, it might happen. We got a lot of states on, on our plate for this uh, this spring, but we might add another one. Yeah, dude, it's so it's cheap to go hunt turkeys there. You can kill two birds, and I, I don't think it's over like two hundred bucks, but. You can go during archery, and I'm telling you, every single, like, the walk-in hunting areas, like, there's nobody out there doing this during bow season. Like, oh. it, it might be there's turkeys. You know, there's a good amount of turkeys everywhere, but uh, it's just getting far enough west to get to that Rio. Like, I don't want to go to Kansas just to hunt another uh, eastern. When I go out there, if I got a chance to kill a Rio, that's what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, it, that normally starts off the season but it looks like Tennessee comes in a little bit earlier uh, this year. So you'll start in Alabama. Um, have you guys heard of Majestic Outdoors by any chance? Yes. Yes. Uh, I I kind of met a couple guys through that, and we went down and hunted with them last year and uh, tried to get a, a youth on his first bird with a, you know his first turkey. And my other buddy was packing a gun as well, and, he ended up killing the bird and felt felt bad, but this youth, man, he, he missed three times in, like, two days. We were feeling so terrible. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, Alabama was fun last year. Went to Tennessee. My buddy and me both killed a bird down there. Um, didn't get to hunt down there as much as I liked and uh, didn't have the best luck in Kansas last year with a bow. Uh, I was telling you guys, I think maybe before we started recording about slamming the $400 loopholes after I shot that bird. Two times the bow and still didn't get him. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just it's a ton of fun. And uh, I don't understand how anybody could not do it. Like, if you're, you're a deer hunter, you should be turkey hunting. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, man. I, uh, Jacob was asking me the other day, like, would I give up deer hunting for turkey hunting? And it's different for everybody. But if you were to ask me right now, today, I'd be like, heck, yeah, man. You're deer hunting. <laughs> yeah. I, I love just... turkey hunting. Man. Because he just what? got done okay. deer hunting. If 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 I asked you that in July or August, you'd be like, "Oh, I'd give up turkey hunting." I don't know, it, it, man. I it don't depends. Know. On, it depends on the time of the year. I mean, you're just, mm, mm, just mm. so. The thing is, I get more like like you said, Jacob Emery. Uh, like I get more satisfaction out of like holding a good buck, but turkey hunting, like the process of turkey hunting, is like more fun to me. If that makes sense. I think it's I think it's a big thing is being able to talk and communicate with that animal like yeah sure you can call in deer but you've got to most of the time you got to call that bird in and uh, I think the communication with it is what makes it so fun and I think that's why uh, a lot of people are so drawn to elk hunting too is because you're hunting 
something with huge antlers, but you're communicating with it. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's the that's the coolest part about it to me. Yeah, yep, it's like going after worlds. a big. It's like going after a big eastern turkey. Um, you know, they're hard to with hard like to trees grown out of its head. Oh man, that's <laughs> awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Um, no, I'm sorry. You can go. Oh, you're fine. I was I was just gonna say I think I killed the hardest headed turkey this side of the Mississippi a couple years ago, <laughs> man. And I have to send one of you guys the link to that video because this bird, uh, I had tried to. I mean, I, I'm. I can't say that it is for sure, but I felt like two years in a row I've tried to kill this turkey. Uh, <laughs> I ended up finally seeing where he flew up, and I set up on him. And uh, This bird gobbles like 100 times on the roost, and he flies down <laughs> like almost in my lap. Like, I can't believe I pulled it off self-filming, but like I stood up and took like two steps to this turkey, and I was holding him. Like, he looked like an eagle gliding down Dang. right in front of me, and I let him take two steps when he hit the ground, and way late him. God dang. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my kind of hunt, uh, especially for turkeys. You know, last year was kind of rough for me. I, I'm probably the newest to turkey hunting out of all you guys. I, I I started turkey hunting, you know, when I was much, much younger, you know, with my uncles and everything, but never had any luck. Uh, and it's pretty much, when we got into turkey hunting, we were hunting our little family farm, and it was all pretty much very similar to deer hunting. We would just sit on some of these green fields, like, because we only had about 85 acres to work with. So, I mean, you could only chase them so much. And, you know, you really were working with, you know, property boundaries and trying to wait until the birds would work onto your side. And I just, it wasn't for me. But uh, once I started hunting public land, man, started to get back into it. And it's been so freaking fun, dude, this last, you know, year or two, just trying to get back into it. Had a lot of misses. I've only killed one bird ever in my entire life. And it was this past spring. Killed my first bird. And it was a Jake in North Carolina while I was traveling for work on some uh, public up there. So it was, it was fun. But hopefully this year, be able to get one in my home state of Alabama. Uh, that's that's on the list. And now since I'm living in Georgia, trying to take one out of Georgia, and then we're trying to try to get up to Tennessee a few times and do one in Tennessee as well. But yeah. I'm so excited for turkey season this year. Um, oh, now this, this is the worst time of the year is when deer and duck ends, and it's February and like half of March. It's like what the heck do I do with my life? Like today, I walked my property and looking for sheds and replenishing some mineral sites and. I'm tore up with briars and it's just it's it's awful. It's normally it's cold too, so it's like there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Oh man, see for everybody listening, we're recording this on February second. Well, so and tomorrow I'm going out and I'm chasing bucks that are still rutting right now. So. <laughs> oh God, you guys down south? I forget. This is when it gets good for you. <laughs> oh yeah, man, they just started chasing a guy that hunts the same. Public land that I do posted a picture today of a nice one that he shot. It was right on a doe. I'm going to get out tomorrow and see if I can make it happen. Just uh, three days ago, I saw a buck chasing a doe out there. Mm. Wow. Mm. Oh, yeah, buddy. Well, kind of get into the turkey season (laughs) a little bit. Uh, So you're going to be hunting. Kind of go over real quickly again the states you're going to be hunting for turkeys this year. Uh, I'm planning to start in Alabama. That's subject to change. Um kind of depends on what they can uh some of the guys that i meet up with down there can can work out and do uh but if i was going to go down there it was going to be i think opening weekend uh might take off that following monday so the 16th 17th and 18th um i'll have my little girl the following weekend and i believe that tennessee comes in on the 30th or the 31st this year um I, there's a place down there just a little south of nashville uh around tennessee it's uh, and <laughs> yeah. 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 
That's all right, we're bleeping. Sure. We're bleeping on all that out. I'm just gonna let you know that's gonna be bleeped out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that, you know. But uh, it ain't got no turkeys on. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. Turkeys out there. There's this other place, and you know it's pretty good, but <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> if, if I go back and listen to this, and you guys bleep it out, I'm gonna crack up. Like I hope oh. you do. Oh, it's oh going dude, down. we've done it before. It's going to happen. Oh, it, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, people are probably going to be laughing. But, uh, yeah. yeah, dude. That place, I'm not going to lie, that place is absolutely <laughs> low to the birds. Uh, that's I, I deer hunted quite a bit down there uh, this year and uh, killed. That's where Jacob shot his pocket deer for all our YouTube watchers. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then also I missed the chance at the largest buck I've ever seen, period, uh, especially on public land. Uh, had an absolute giant within 45 yards of me and couldn't freaking kill it. So uh, that's my fault. As did I. As did I. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyways, but that, no, dude, that place is loaded <laughs> on turkeys. When I was when I was scouting out there in like August, oh my god, I, I'd find dust bowls. Every, I mean, I was seeing hens everywhere. I'd see some longbeards, but just the tracks, man. And I was talking to one of our buddies, uh, Jonathan Bone, old Catman Outdoors. Uh, Jacob, I don't know if you know him. Um, but he, he's from that similar area and man, he goes down there and puts a wailing on those freaking turkeys op- opening week. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I hope I can get up there and chase some birds, man. It's, it's an awesome population up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to be up there at the same time as me, we need to link up or something, you know? Dude, I, let's do it. I just like hunting with people. I'm not one of those greedy guys. I've got to kill something. Like I just like to be with people and, uh, just enjoy company and, if somebody kills something, great. It ain't got to be me for sure. Like, as long as something dies, you know, tickle me. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm the same exact way. It's so much about the camaraderie for me. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, not, oh, I'm yeah. not like a – there's some guys that are like straight-up lone wolves, like Jordan yeah. Barnes. Jordan, Jordan's like, I'm going into the swamp. I'm killing my buck, and, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do it alone. I'm like, ah, I'd rather, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather yeah, go in with Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I feel bad for Andrew because uh, me and Andrew, uh, we, we met back in 2015, was it? 14, 15? I don't know. Yeah, something Six, like that. Anyways, in like that next spring, we met in the fall, sort of hung out and uh, became friends. And he took me turkey hunting that spring, dude. I felt bad for him, man. I was missing birds left and right. This couldn't handle the situation. Oh, man, he screwed up every turkey <laughs> I put in front of him. All on public land, too. I mean, I felt so bad for him. Man, he's sitting, there, he's sitting there just moving, like moving and shaking when these birds are strutting 60 yards away. I'm like, quit moving. They're going to see you. <laughs> oh, man, you can get away but, with that, dude. Uh, Kansas. Some of them turkeys out there are dumber than rocks, and the other ones will surprise you. They're just as smart as these easterns. Oh, dude, that's my kind of bird, though. I, I need a dumb. I need a dumb one to walk in front of me when I'm. Calling. I've heard. I've heard those Rios and some of those Western turkeys, like Miriams. I heard that if yeah. you don't keep calling at them the whole time they're walking in, they'll lose interest in you. Or some oh, of them. Oh yeah. Uh, that's like my buddy. He doesn't, he doesn't like to call too much at these Easterns back home. And well, we was out there and we was probably set up, I don't know, 600 yards apart from each other. And this bird started gobbling in between us. And uh, I was calling way more than him and. He said he heard that turkey gobble and gobble and gobble and kept getting quieter and quieter. And then he said he heard him double gobble uh, one time, and then he just shut up. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right after I shot him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, I was going to ask you earlier, but when you're when you're hunting uh, Kansas, you know, during the archery season for for the birds for turkeys, 
uh, are y'all hunting with blinds, without blinds? Like, kind of what y'all's tactic when y'all trying to do that? I'm guessing you're trying to run and gun and cover a lot of ground? Yeah. Um, I like to carry a pop-up blind because there is no filming turkeys without one, uh, self-filming one in my eyes. It's so hard to self-film a, a turkey hunt with uh, without a blind, you know. Even like a pop-up blind or a stake blind is, is great, but uh, – yeah, my buddy, he hunts with a cross. You can hunt with a crossbow out there, um, and he he he'll use a little stake blind, but he's like he doesn't like a pop up blind. Whereas I actually just purchased uh, yesterday one of those new surround view two seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at Red King for like two hundred and forty bucks, and I was like, mine because I, <laughs> I've been looking at them because I want something for my little girl. Cause it's so hard for her to like look out of these blinds out of the windows. I'm like, you know, quit moving, you know, you're killing me. <laughs> and she wants to look and it's like, well, that thing it's like, she doesn't have to, she can see right through the blind, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I went ahead and got that. So I'm excited to use that. Uh, definitely out there this year, but yeah. That's another thing out there, well, go ahead. Just sit there all day long in the blind. Like if you can just sit there all day long, eventually if you're in a decent spot, you will have a good bird come by. Yeah, that's a big thing with turkey hunting, man, is a lot of guys will get up and leave a spot too early. But like, like you mentioned earlier with the like an added benefit of blinds is like bringing a like a kid with you. Is I watched uh, I watched the video of you last spring shooting the turkey with your little girl in the blind with you. That was pretty cool, man. Yeah, she didn't know. Uh, she didn't know what to think. But like, it was funny. Like, I'm like moving the camera. She's over there coloring. Like, she could care less <laughs> about what I was doing at that point. He was like coloring, eating chips, and everything. I'm like, I think uh, Stephen actually edited it out, but like, I was like, heck yeah, baby, give me a high five, high five. I killed him, and she just stares at me. I'm like, okay, leave me hanging, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and then when y'all got up to the turkey, she was looking at that thing like, what in the world is that? <laughs> oh yeah, she didn't, she didn't know what to think about it when it's still moving and flopping around. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's it's dead, honey. Oh, that man. cracked me up, man. That cracked me up. Well, my laptop is about to die. So, Jacob, do you have any concluders? Man, it's 2019. Do you not have a charger for the freaking thing? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a long story, dude. That's I'm a long te- story. I'm technologically <laughs> challenged. No, I just, uh, I've awesome. always kind of wanted to do one of these after listening to a bunch of them. It's, it's really neat. They're interesting. It's, it's nice to hear everybody else's story. Yeah, man. Jacob Myers? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, Jacob Emery, it's uh, been great to have another Jacob on. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Andrew, you can't handle all the Jacobs, so uh, it's, it's a great situation. But, no, man, it's awesome kind of learning a little bit more about you and kind of the way you hunt and how you hunt and kind of your, your background has been fantastic, dude. Uh, it's, it's great to see other guys, especially younger guys out here that are trying to, you know, do it and, and have fun with what we're doing and not, not be – you know, so tied up in in the show and the glamour of everything to try to you know make them stand up, but really just do it because they really enjoy you know hunting. If you're not having yeah. fun, then what are you doing it for? You know. I, I, exactly. Mm-hmm. That that's the whole thing. I mean, if you cannot enjoy and have fun with what you're doing, man, you just I'm not gonna say quit, but you need to relook and reanalyze what you're doing and and why you're not enjoying it. Because um, I see a lot of these guys, you know. I'd say I'm a pretty serious deer hunter, but one reason I love hunting publicly and I have hundreds of thousands of acres I can hunt. If I blow, if I mess up on one deer, all right, you know I'll be I'll be upset for 15 minutes. All right, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Big big whoop. But you know you just see a lot of guys take stuff super seriously. I'm like man, 
you know, you do you, but man, that's not for me. You know, I want to have some fun. I want to enjoy it and uh, have a good time. And you definitely seem like that kind of guy. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. That's me. <laughs> now, Andrew? my my last thing is uh, Jacob Emery. Are you going to be at the NWTF convention this year? Yeah, I actually just talked to the guys. I think we're getting an Airbnb. Um, uh, I pay so much attention. I was walking through uh, my hellhole of a hunting property today when I was like looking at my phone and. I can't remember if we're going to be down there both Friday and Saturday night or just Saturday night, but either way, I'll definitely be down there. Wait, man, we'll have to meet up. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, oh. what? No, I was going to say, I've already invited <laughs> him to the backcountry uh, back hunters and anglers pint night on Friday night. Uh, oh, we'll, sweet. Y'all def- oh. Yeah, definitely come out to that, man. It's going to be a heck of a time. Well, you'll have to remind me again because, like, two days ago you told me about it and I've already forgot. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, I- no, I'll tag you in it too on Facebook. On the, I know you're part of the. Uh, I think I added you to the uh, Southeastern uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Facebook page. But uh, they're yeah, gonna drop a little bit more. Yeah, we're gonna drop some inf- more information on that. But it's gonna be a Friday night. So, how many of you guys are coming down? Is it just you and your buddy, or who else is coming down? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know. Uh, I think three of the guys from the team are gonna come, and then me. I'll meet them down there because I'm. I'm two hours from Nashville. I think. Mm-hmm. But they'll be coming from like southwest Missouri, so probably like an eight or nine hour trip for them. Man, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> God, awesome. Well, man, we'll definitely have to uh, touch base again. Come uh, NWTF, have to have you come out or have all you guys come up to the uh, the pint night, and uh, definitely have to meet up and maybe do uh, maybe who knows maybe we can do another in person interview at the show. We're going as media members, so uh, we'll have some special access to some stuff that I think uh, it'll, it'll be fun having you guys maybe be a part of it. So. Awesome. Oh, I'm a lot more fun in person. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Awesome, man. Well, we again, once we appreciate it, another thing, uh, Jake, before we close this out, uh, how can people uh, find out a little bit more about you, especially on uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram and Facebook, how, and also with, uh, you know, Hunting Grounds? Uh, I guess you want to check out my page. It's pretty easy. It's, it's uh, Jacob Emery underscore thgtv um and that's my instagram and from there you'll be pretty easy to find our the hunting grounds page it's it's uh just thgtv um and of course all our stuff online on youtube it's uh the hunting grounds and that's the hunting and you're taking the g off so it's hunting and then grounds and uh pretty easy to find all our stuff there uh well, fantastic! Uh, you definitely, y'all definitely have an awesome, a lot of really cool hunts, and it's super, super entertaining. Uh, Learn a lot also from watching you guys. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners will enjoy that. But once again, guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you like and are already subscribed to the podcast if you aren't already, and make sure you like and subscribe on our uh, Facebook and Instagram channels along with uh, YouTube. Uh, Growing that pretty quickly, and gonna have a lot of cool stuff coming out for NWTF that's gonna be on YouTube. So definitely check that out. And once again, guys, you have a great rest of your week.
Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no-brainer. You gotta be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.